Hi, it's Mike Morin with another edition of Reset, 40 is the New Happy, a short-form interview series that introduces you to people switching careers in midlife before regret and indecision make it too late to do so. Happiness is a big factor in reinvention. So today, meet Chris Magnuson, whose family spent four generations building a retail fuel delivery business. From there, Chris took that knowledge and became versed in procurement and risk management of energy commodities. Today, with her new enterprise, unrefinedhealth.com, her theme is still energy, but on a more personal level, as you'll find out in just a moment. So Chris, let's begin with your pre-health coach work experience. In my somewhat unsophisticated understanding of of the business that you were in, uh, you have been an energy advisor, but I know there's a lot more to it than that. So my specialty would be helping small family uh, fuel, heating oil, diesel, and propane companies procure their fuel and stabilize the fuel costs. So in a very volatile financial uh, commodity environment, when commodity prices are going up and down and you're a dealer needing to purchase fuel on a regular basis, there are certain strategies that you need to know. So I would train and I would help these dealers uh, figure out how to safely procure and safely purchase their products so they weren't left with a high price product when now the market had fallen. I'm going to guess you're not the one who advised Southwest Airlines here in the last (laughs) few days. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm not a speculator. So I'm a hedger. Want to make sure that your your bets are hedged, that you're safe, whether the markets go up or whether the markets go down. So when you say you're not a speculator, you're not one that's in it just to help people make money based on the bounces back and forth, but it's in the actual procurement of the product at a lower price is where you are. Yes, it's it's procuring the product from actual physical wholesalers, but at the same time using financial commodity paper hedging to actually create the stability. So it's using both tools. But yes, absolutely not speculating on the market going some way and making a lot of money in one direction or the other. Got it. Thank you. All right, so I'm trying to make the connection of how you go from working in energy strategizing to being a health coach. And as I've come to found, find out, it, it, it's very personal. Yes, yeah, so in October of 2013, my father uh, passed away after um, a very short five-week period of time where we found out that he had initially had a stroke, then a heart attack, and then brain cancer. And when I went to my first doctor's physical after his passing, I basically had almost every single box in the health history checked off. And that was my wake-up call that said, the, the very high stress job that I had, looking at three computer screens every day, uh, sitting either in a car driving many miles as a road warrior or sitting in front of my computers, multiple computers, instant messaging, phone, what have you, uh, was not serving my, my stress level, was not serving my health, and it was my wake-up call that I needed to make a change. You seem very relaxed now. Is this different from the Chris Magnuson I would have perhaps talked to a couple years ago? Absolutely. At this point of the day, I probably would have already had at least two um, venti lattes. (laughs) 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 I probably would have um, skipped breakfast, so I probably would be, you know, my, my personal energy and my fuel gauge in my own body would probably be trailing, so, um, and I'd be reaching for some type of a sweet treat that I would have stashed away in my desk, so I, I had to learn how to refuel my body, and, um, 
so yeah so it's pretty different now I, I'm, I'm drinking a little bit of herbal tea right now and I've got my water <laughs> I will confirm that the, she is she is not lying to you about that all right so so let's be honest Chris there are many health coaches around uh, so what are you bringing to the table that distinguishes you from others in a similar vein for me I think that I'm coming at this from a point of view that it's never too late to make a change and I'm still on my personal journey and going from a high stress type A work environment and not being a cook, taking every single shortcut and convenience, I'm living proof that you can actually learn how to prepare healthy meals that will provide energy. But I would say that my specialty is helping people get off variety of cravings, sugar cravings, caffeine cravings, and it may set, a lot of people don't even know they have cravings for certain things, but I've actually done it, and I think the people that work with me know that I'll be extremely gentle, and we go slow, and small steps do add up over time. So I'm somebody that, you know, a few years ago, I want results now, but now I'm a lot more gentle with myself, and I think that people who are attracted to my practice appreciate the fact that I've been there, done that, and I'm, the expectations that I have are, are very gentle and there's no judgment, so no pressure. So we're really trying to create someone's love for the feeling of what it's like to have natural energy as opposed to fake energy. I guess it would be asking a lot to a client to uh, do what you say if you hadn't actually gone through it yourself. You can empathize with what they're going through. Was it all cold turkey for you? Was it just a big slap in the face and here's what I got to do? No, not at all. Uh, It really started with uh, four years ago, I started yoga. uh, And I started yoga because my orthopedic surgeon said, Chris, uh, either you can have shoulder surgery or you can go to yoga and start to learn how to stand up straight, lose some weight. And when I went to yoga, that started to open up a few ideas for me and once I started doing that I realized I needed to get off the Diet Coke so I've been off Diet Coke for four years and then slowly but surely I weaned myself off of the lattes and in the coffee and the refined sugar but the one thing Mike that I have found in my journey is I say to myself all the time I would say to myself you know I don't know what I don't know and sometimes you don't know the question to ask so actually understanding what was in my food really became my motivator as well. Um, I have a quick story uh, that when I decided to become a health coach, we had this exercise that was to actually look at the ingredients of what could be considered a natural flavor. Now we're not talking an artificial flavor, we're talking a natural flavor. There is this one ingredient butylated hydroxytulene or BHT. I recognize that word because it is also in gasoline and it is also in jet fuel. It is a stabilizer. And I said, oh my gosh, the very products that I know about that are supposed to be going into our gas tank, we're going into our bodies and we don't even know it. So what kind of things am I eating that might have this BHT substance? Anything, well, well, that's what's frustrating because if, if on a food label it says natural flavor, a natural flavor could be one of hundreds of different substances. So it's almost like, you know, the rule that I say to my clients now is, you know, initially it's like, 
If you see artificial flavors, stay away from them. But now the rule is going to have to be, if you see natural flavors, stay away from it. And then really it's going to come down to starting with a core real food that you know exactly where it came from. So there is a process and a transition of doing that, particularly if you're someone that's depended on, like I did growing up. I grew up on fluffernutter sandwiches, <laughs> uh, hamburger helper, shake and bake, Betty Crocker, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> so for me, I think it's learning that there are substitutes, and when you find the real substitute, they're delicious. But my, what I've helped my clients with it is as a non-cook, I've actually been able to show them how it's fun to prepare meals, and it's really easy. Uh, the cleanup is really easy because I don't like a lot of pots in, in pans. So I actually will go into people's homes, and I'll do some sessions, and we'll have some fun and really figure out what it is they need help with in the kitchen and their meal preparation. So what is it uh, about today's world that makes it so difficult to create time to take care of our mind, our body, and our soul? Mike, what I have found out is that giving ourselves just the space to really love ourselves enough to say, I'm worth the time, I'm worth that extra 10 minutes to turn the TV off, to you know, turn off the iPad, the computer, and to really just be grateful for the fact that I'm still able to have this piece of machinery that is just so incredible called the human body but it is okay to fuel the human body with the unrefined, natural, real foods. So I think that's what it is. It comes down to making that space and that time. But, and I do see a shift. You know, I think a lot of people are starting to realize we need to slow down. We need to take that time. We need to know um, where our food is coming from. We need to ask more questions along the way. And I, that definitely happened for me. I, I made assumptions. If it was a natural flavor, of course it's gonna be good for you. Well, we know that's not the case. So in, in kind of a strange way, you really have your father to thank for this life change because I'm hearing that you may have been going down the same path if it hadn't been for the wake-up call of, uh, of the autopsy of your dad that revealed so many things. That is absolutely correct. I say that all the time. When I say prayers, I say thanks, Dad. Yeah. You know? Um, of course, none of this works if, if people don't first make that commitment to themselves. So let's assume they've done that. You did it your clients do that how do you keep motivated how, how do you keep them from going off the the rails which we all can do I think it's again it's instilling um, with my clients that it's a process so I, I I usually am with my clients for six months to a year before they quote-unquote graduate if you will uh, but it's really following somebody through the highs and the lows, the, light, the cycle of their life to really understand truly where are their stress points, where are their pain points, what is their lowest common denominator when it comes to going off the rails that they will drop down to. And my job is to try and increase that lower lowest common denominator. So if they jump off the rails and they say, I'm so stressed out, instead of eating you know, a whole bag of Reese's Pieces, Maybe they say, you know what, I'm going to buy one dark chocolate organic bar and I'm going to eat one little piece and I'm going to just think about it. And, you know, those are the little changes that you make over time. So I'm trying to increase kind of the, the place that they could go really wrong and make it 
a new standard for themselves. And that's how you change habits. And in order to change a habit, you have to be happy about it and you have to feel good about it. So I'm trying to create a very happy, positive environment. And many people, I think, food is involved with the good times. It's involved in the, the bad times. It's involved in every part of our life and society. So it's actually creating this, this relationship and this understanding with food, that food is really your energy for your body. And, your, and the energy that you want to put in your body should be unrefined, as opposed to the refined fuel yeah. that you put into your gas tank. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, most of the people that I talk to uh, have changed their careers because either their jobs were eliminated or they weren't satisfied any longer. Yours is probably the first story of uh, the very personal uh, that you just shared with us. So finally, job satisfaction is certainly one key to happiness, uh, and you are making that big change taking into account the challenges and rewards of starting a business. What have you learned so far that might encourage other listeners to become their own bosses? Again, I think it comes down to have a plan. So prior to jumping into a startup, I had a plan. And uh, so, because I didn't want to jump into being stressed out about, I don't have the resources to do this, you know, this, this, this new passion and this new career. So that was number one. Once you have that, you know, be a good planner, but be gentle with yourself along the way, you know. Um, make sure that you're putting in additional time, scheduling time for yourself, because a startup requires so much of your energy. So just put in that time into your schedule and say, this is me time. Call it what you, call it. If you can't say it's for me, then, then create a name for it, you know. Say that you're having a meeting with Mrs. Smith, and every time on your schedule you put in Mrs. Smith and you know that that's an appointment that you've made with yourself to either prepare clean food, to actually go out on a walk, to do some kind of a stress-reducing activity, to take time and see friends, to make time for your family. But that's kind of what I would say is that be gentle with yourself and uh, be kind to yourself because it's, it's a harsh world out there. <laughs> If you'd like to learn more uh, or speak with Chris Magnuson, her business is unrefinedhealth.com. You can go to that website. Lots of ways to get in touch with Chris as well. Uh, Enlightening, eye-opening, and educational. Thanks, Chris. Thanks so much, Mike, for having me.